0: All right, glad you're with us. Thanks, Scott Shannon, Eight hundred nine four one. 941 shawn You want to be a part of the program 146 days until you become the ultimate jury. There's more at stake in this tipping point election than I can even begin to start with today. We will be going through all of this in detail, and I have a lot to say about it in the next 146 days. And you can see all the forces in the mob and the media... You can see all of the forces in the Democratic Party aligned to do anything that they can do to stop the reelection of Donald J. Trump as president. And what are they offering? Well, a, a, a version a vision of America that will make this country, in my view, you know, unrecognizable. Free market capitalism will be placed replaced by radical, extreme, predictable failure in socialism socialism has been tried all throughout the world it has always failed they will upend the rule of law and the constitution we will get rid of the lifeblood of the world's economy energy independence and we will tell everybody everything's for free none of that will ever happen we'll go back to a policies of appeasement in terms of foreign policy uh rather than peace through strength rebuilding our military you'll have radicals on the courts They even want to stack the courts and they want to get rid of the Electoral College. They do all of this. It it is it is never been a more clear choice than this one where this country is going to go. By the way, some sad news, but it's really I don't think it's very surprising. But we now have the coronavirus task force has now been warning governors that with all these protests going on, a lot of people at them, some of them, many of them don't have masks on. We have 70 coronavirus testing sites have been destroyed during the riots. Our figure now is 749 police officers uh, with the, quote, we're told, peaceful uh, protesters. And there are many peaceful protesters uh, that are showing genuine outrage. What happened, Mr. Floyd? But then you have, well, those that have been violent, those that have been looting, those that have been involved in arson, those that have been throwing bottles and rocks, and bricks and Molotov cocktails at the police. 749 now have been injured. 22 concussions alone in Washington, D.C. We have lost the lives of a number of officers. Over 20-some are people. other people have been killed. We're going to talk about this with the pastor, lead pastor of Resurrection Houston, which was George Floyd's church. His pastor will join us later in the program. Also my sensei, Sensei Glenn. We're going to talk about the lack of training with some police uh, departments and how that can go a long way in terms of helping people uh, better understand uh, number one, the human anatomy. So something like this never happens again. And what are the ways to get compliance if people just had a little bit more training? You know, some people were saying, well, Hannity, he advocated getting a different kind of gun, a non-lethal gun to shoot people. No, for self-defense, where if God, you know, people have made mistakes and where it has projectiles that have tear gas and varying pepper sprays. It's the burner gun. We put it up on Hannity.com, burner.com. But, you know, and I, I purchased my own. Um, I like that it is non-lethal. Uh, I think it could help police forces have another option in their arsenal that doesn't include a bullet that will kill somebody. And again, if our goal is ultimately to save lives uh, and yet keep law and order, that certainly could be part of the equation. Um, I don't have all the answers. I do believe police cams are a big part of it. That's good for the officers. It keeps them honest. and It's good for the public because they you know, it's now all on tape. Anyway, by the way, so we're watching Dr. Fauci underscored concerns about the protesting leading to the spreading of coronavirus. I I guess we'll start knowing in a couple of weeks we are seeing some signs uh, that, in fact, that might be true. Uh, We know that coronavirus hospitalizations have gone up uh, in some states following Memorial Day, like Texas, North and South Carolina, California, Oregon, Arkansas, Mississippi and Utah and Arizona, those are some places. 19 states now seeing uh, coronavirus cases uh, uh, on the rise. Uh, COVID-19 surge in Texas is, you know, sparking some reopening. You know, I've been telling my audience, people here, just be careful. I know some people that didn't like that. I said, I'm going to wear the mask if it keeps other people around me safe uh, for the time being. If we can open the country, you know, we got to get the country opened up completely. Uh, Dr. Fauci admits coronavirus has become his worst nightmare and not close to over yet. Um, and so, you know, we, we've seen the impact on businesses. Um, certainly uh, a lot of the protesting has not helped in that regard at all. And I would just urge all of you to, you know, be careful. Uh, don't think this is over because it's not. Uh, and I know, by the way, one of the most insane things that I have seen in terms of the battle over election 2020 we have Terry McAuliffe. I mean, literally, he's saying that Biden needs to stay in the basement. He can't say make all the time,
1: Oh, we got to get the vice president out of the basement. He's fine in the basement. <laughs> two people see him a day, his two body people. That's that. And let Trump keep doing what Trump's doing. It's hard for the vice president to break through. You've got the COVID crisis. He's not a governor, doesn't have a National Guard. He's not the president, doesn't have the briefing room. He needs to come out strategically. And when he says something like he did on race relations two days ago, It needs to have a big impact, thoughtful. And that's what we're preferring that he actually do at the time. He's doing a lot of local. He's talking to two, three governors a day. He's doing roundtables, Zoom calls. He's doing with local officials. And a lot of it's being done in those six battleground states that we have uh, going forward.
0: Yeah, keep him in the basement. He's fine in the basement. Two people see him a day. His body people. Uh, I'm not sure that's exactly. Uh, He said, New York Post had an article today that there is uh, Biden saying systemic racism uh, in law enforcement all across the board. He said there's been some pushback from a lot of police officers that are fed up with being demonized. You know, I think one of the things you're going to sadly see out of all of this is that we're now going to be in a situation where. Police officers are not going to want to do their job. I was warning about this when all these cops, all these attacks in New York City and they're they're throwing water at cops and they're dousing them with huge, massive buckets of water. And then there's no follow up and nobody, you know, nobody's arresting them. The, The whole idea is, okay. what what are you going to do? Ask yourself the question. What are you going to do if they defund the police? Who are you going to call? And it's a question I never thought we'd ever have to ask, because I think the answer is fairly transparent. The answer is you're not going to call Ghostbusters. You're you're going to be there alone. And and what I'm hearing from some of these politicians and de- defund the police, I, I mean, it's they they don't even have an answer. So what do you? Who are you going to call if you don't have the police there? Now. I guess it's in part based on an assumption that all cops, it's not all cops at all. Um, even Democrats like Leo Terrell, he agrees with me on all of that. Police unions now, uh, there was a piece on FoxNews.com, uh, decide to defund the Democrats who accepted their massive campaign contributions. Numbers for uh, published for Open Secrets, uh, Secrets, which is run by a watchdog group called the Center for Responsive Politics, shows that among current members of the House and Senate, a handful of Democrats have received more campaign donations from police groups since 94 than any other current members by a significant margin. Uh, two of their top recipients, uh, Patrick Leahy, a- Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, and the two top in the House, Bill Pascrell, New Jersey House uh, Majority Leader Steny Hoyer. So as the numbers come uh, and Democrats in Congress, et cetera, et cetera, um, now people are saying no. Uh, you had a Manhattan real estate agent fired for urging New Yorkers to move to, quote, riot free Florida. Not sure exactly why somebody said that, but I think there is definitely, you know, I can see anecdotally in New York. A lot of people don't want to go back after coronavirus and the screw up. I, I mean, you can't have a more colossal screw up. You can see the protesting continuing uh, into the night. A lot of nights uh, more recently in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Dan Bongino, uh, who's going to be on Hannity tonight, he actually had a a chance to go before Congress today and, you know, warned against defunding the police. He said, the special agents I work with and remains friends with to this day, the Secret Service, uh, joined members of the NYPD because he was there as well. Um, And then he reminded everybody of what happened on September 11th, 2001. It's amazing. Sometimes he's right, because how short are our memories he said the defund movement will target a lot of these heroes and saying that there are the police, these people. It's not some mass that will be impacted. The real heroes in real time right now, we're those heroes from your communities. My community will do nothing but ensure chaos and destruction. I mean, they're even talking about conflict resolution where where you have the perpetrators of crime and the victims of crime, you know, sitting in a room together or sending. Well, let's send psychologists out. I'm like, you really think that's going to work? Because there are a lot of people that have been trying to take advantage of what's sadly been going on. I don't think that's going to work uh, in any way, shape, matter or form. Um, uh, we have some deep state news. Uh, rogue uh, Judge Emmett Sullivan goes completely off the rails. And, you know, I don't know who has the jurisdiction over the Judge Sullivan Uh, whether it's the DOJ or the Supreme Court, whoever it is, they need to remove this judge at this point from the bench uh, because it's now become a total obnoxious three-ring circus. Uh, His misconduct in the Flynn case has been, frankly, atrocious. He's not willing to go, I guess, you know. We know that John Gleason, the attorney and retired judge that was appointed by Sullivan to submit a brief, we already knew what his opinion was, whether prosecutors should be able to dismiss their case against General Flynn Remember, Brady material was withheld. The Now both sides wanted to dismiss it. Attorney General Barr disputes all of this and saying that he doesn't have the authority to reject the government's request to do it. Uh, the argument is that it's always been understood that decisions whether to pursue an individual through the prosecution process or holding them criminally accountable is vested in the executive branch and not the courts, Bill Barr said. And federal rules of criminal procedure state that the prosecutors may dismiss a case with leave of court and that's that's what he's now asking but apparently the judge is unwilling to do since it's, it's, it's really getting out of control um in terms of other 2020 news joe biden uh, seems to forget that uh, he held public office for 40 years he says we can't leave this moment and once again turn away and do nothing we need justice we need action we need reform Well, he was there when the Cambridge police incident happened, when Ferguson happened, when Trayvon and and George Zimmerman happened, when Freddie Gray in Baltimore happened. Uh, He's been there for 40 years. He says he's ready to be president on day one. Okay, maybe he can come out of his bunker and tell us why we should believe that. Because uh, I don't see somebody that has the alertness. I don't see anybody that has the the stamina, the strength I mean, if he's doing just a couple of Zoom calls a day and only two people around him every day and the best strategy is to stay in your bunker in your basement, uh, I don't think uh, that is exactly any any agenda that we could have faith in in terms of the American people. It's nuts. But anyway, we'll see. Here's some sad news uh, as a result of uh, a lot of the writing that's gone on and the arson and the looting and everything else. Here's a headline on the blaze: Backlash against Democratic leaders begin, and longtime business are now leaving Minneapolis after being destroyed in the riots. And you know, we now know they have a veto approved vote to defund the police there. Now, a longtime manufacturing business is immediately relocating away from Minneapolis after the leaders of the city failed to protect the city. Uh, there is the owner of Seven Sigma; they produce high-performance polymer and metal components and assemblies uh, according to the minneapolis star tribune they're now relocating his his business uh minneapolis allowed officials allowed his factory to be destroyed he's going on to say and he's like well, why am i going to rebuild they don't care about my business they didn't protect our people we were all on our own factory was unfortunately destroyed by a fire protesters targeted a neighborhood apartment complex that was under construction and according to Uh, The owner of the store, they said in his business, firefighters did not bother fighting the flames. The fire engine was just sitting there. They wouldn't do anything. So the city's first survey of property damage shows nearly a thousand commercial properties in Minneapolis were damaged. Fifty two businesses completely destroyed. Thirty other locations that sustained severe damage and owners and insurance experts estimate the cost will exceed five hundred million dollars. And that would make the Twin Cities riots the second costliest uh, civil disturbance in U.S. history, trailing only Los Angeles in 1992. Uh, that was the year of the Rodney King uh, case. Uh, you know, so that's not good. Then you have infighting in Chicago. Explosive new audio tapes emerge from there, showing how chaotic everything was when there was rioting going on there and people taken to the streets of Chicago last week. Mayor Lightfoot telling one local leader that he's a hundred percent full of beep after complaining about the looting when downtown is in lockdown, our neighborhoods are next and our failure to fully get ready for what is going on in our neighborhoods. We're seeing the destruction. We're thinking that it's going to what somehow end tonight we have seen where in other cities, this has gone on for days and days, we got to come up with a better plan. Uh, we need to come up with at least, you know, the next five days and try and stabilize our community said an alderman Once they were done looting and rioting, he goes on, whatever else, what's going to happen tonight? God help us. What happens when they start going after residents, going into neighborhoods, or on and on and on? I think you're 100% full of beep. And he responded, F you then. Uh, Who are you going to tell me that I'm full of beep? I mean, wow. These are your leaders. You know, Chicago, what have they done to fix the violence there? Nothing. What have they done to, to better their schools? Nothing. Decades. Democratic rule. Institutional failure. All right, 800-941. Sean, you want to be a part of the uh, program today. Seattle now, the latest city to abandon a police precinct. They've uh, given us the precinct. Seattle police backs away. Protesters uh, take back the East Precinct. Uh, will remain staffed, apparently, according to the announcement. But uh, anyway, the officers being dispatched from mobile locations away from the 12th and Pine precinct. The building is empty, windows covered with plywood. By morning, the wood was covered with graffiti, giving the precinct an unexpected continu- continuity with much of the rest of the neighborhood, as many other businesses still in the process of trying to reopen uh, as a result of COVID-19. Uh, Capitol Hill, quote, uh, is now an autonomous zone, forms around apparently the empty precinct. I'm trying to understand that headline, but... Uh, We have uh, some councilwomen unlocking the doors for protesters to flood City Hall, demand that the Democratic mayor resign amid calls to defund the police. That's in Minneapolis. Uh, NYPD police prepare to leave the force. Uh, Top brass saying that top brass has abandoned them. Minneapolis police will make have now made the third arrest in the third precinct arson uh homicides in los angeles have gone up 250 percent compared to last week quote stop treating us like animals and thugs said the new york police union snapping at critics so far we have 700 as of yesterday 49 police officers around the country now injured Uh, a number of them have been killed uh, a number of them with severe injuries i know for example in dc alone 22 with concussions because of the rocks and the bottles and the bricks and the Molotov cocktails that we have watched. Uh, the video of the suspected loo- uh, looters at Macy's Herald Square. Um, we now apparently are making identifications of the people involved in that. Uh, we have San Francisco in their transit transit agency. In other words, the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency, they announced Yesterday, they will no longer transport San Francisco Police Department officers to protest over the death of George Floyd after photos and videos and social media showed buses filled with officers in riot gear, the agency said, and they went on and on here, uh, that we transport everyone at MTA, make sure our services are available for critical needs. But this week, the agency said it wanted to be agents of change. Um, along with no longer conveying officers to uh, anti-police brutality protests. Anyway, they said in a statement that they plan to advance their agency-wide implicit bias training and other equity trainings that provide us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bottom line is they're not allowing police to use transit. Um, I mentioned L.A. a moment ago, California homes displaying American flags. There is a report CBS Los Angeles Uh, Police are investigating out there a string of arsons targeting certain homes that have American flags on display. And at least four homes were targeted in uh, one neighborhood early Saturday morning. And so far, police say they don't quite know the motive. But if it burned longer, they said it would have caught the house on fire. They put one flag at one house on fire. And uh, so uh, so much for freedom. Uh, You know, the show Cops has now been canceled. Uh, we have Democratic leadership. They don't know what to say anymore about the defund the police movement because they know that's a big part of the Democratic base. And so, for example, Schumer has asked the question, the idea of defund the police, should members of Congress stop using it altogether? I agree with Senator Sanders. He goes to the, the number one socialist and other colleagues who said, of course, every seat, city needs a police department, but there must be full equality under the law. What does that even mean? Do you support it or not? Do you support the police or not? And every police officer now is like standing there like, okay, we're being hung out to dry, but yet this is a job that doesn't exactly pay a whole lot of money. And now if we're not going to be defended and we're trying to protect innocent lives and and we're having rocks and bottles and bricks hurled at us and Molotov cocktails hurled, hurled at us and precincts now being set ablaze, why are we even doing this? You're seeing now mass, mass walkouts and mass resignations among police officers saying it's not worth it. You know, one thing I could say, there's certain jobs where, and this has been my experience with friends of mine that are police officers, family members that became police officers. This wasn't just a job for them. This was a calling for them. You know, certain people are called to medicine, doctors, nurses, et cetera, Um, Every cop I know, they, they, most of them dreamed of doing this since when they were young. Same with pilots. Pilots, they dreamed about flying in jets since they were little kids. Uh, some wanted to be in a hospital setting and work in an emergency room just to save people's lives. Some people are wanting to be teachers since they are children or they have a great experience with that one teacher that changed their lives forever. Those are callings. That's that's not just a profession. And in most of these jobs, same with firemen, paramedics, you know, they they want to do it because they love it. Now they're saying they can't if they're not going to get the support to do their job and they're just going to be in a position where they're being assaulted for trying to maintain order. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. The sad thing is, is after especially New York, the dousing of officers with water and the mayor not really seemingly to give a, a hoot about it doing anything about it or arresting the people on video that we could prove did it and charging them with assaulting the police, then, you know, at, at some point they, they have to ask, what's the cost benefit analysis here? We don't get paid all that much in these departments. A lot of them. What are we doing this for? And can anyone blame them? And why do we always forget? We always seem to forget, you know, what happened on 9 one Because I remember I'll never forget That while everyone, these towers are hit with, you know, terrorist attacks and these planes fly into these buildings and everybody in the building that could is racing, running down the stairs of the World Trade Center towers trying to get out. You know, then you have this other group of people that probably in the back of their head, we know for a fact some of them had it in their heads because they made final calls and left messages for loved ones on their phones. Saying, I might not make it back. I love you. I love the kids. Goodbye. I mean, do we forget them? We're we just going to go with a narrative now that we don't need police. We're going to defund the police. Well, what does defund do? Defund means that you don't have police. I mean, they've got rent to pay. they got mortgages to pay. they got kids they got to send to school. Save for the college of their kids. You know, they've got bills to pay. Now they're, what, going to have to leave their profession? Or... Even a worse side of that is they're going to turn their eyes and they're going to they're not going to they're not going to put themselves in harm's way. That's dangerous also for the general public. And why is it this always, you know, when you have seven hundred and forty nine cops hurt here and and then you have the, the you know, broad sweeping slander and, and besmirchment of all officers. You know, I, I thought we were not that type of people or society. You don't say, you know, all anybody, um, you know, I, I went during, for example, not comparing the two situations, but whenever we talked about the the investigations into the deep state, I always said one percent, not the ninety nine say with the cops, too. Yeah, there are there are some dirty cops out there. I'd say one percent. Leo Terrell, he disagrees, he says it's two percent. I don't have the actual number, but I do know those people that are dedicated to protecting and serving their communities and the people that live in the communities and then you get back to that fundamental question at the end of the day who are you going to call and what are you going to do now you you see a spike in gun sales everywhere and then I get criticized for saying well there are non-lethal alternatives for police because unfortunately and I'll get into this with my my martial arts trainer and my sensei later in the program today that are not trained well they just are not and for a lot of people uh, that are on the job, unfortunately, the, the, their only option happens to be a deadly force, a gun. OK, you know, why do they not have the training if somebody is handcuffed? And even if, you know, even if they're still being difficult, you're in control of that situation. You don't need, need to ever do what happened in the case of George Floyd. Where's the training? And the idea that there might be a non-lethal alternative that can stop people but not kill them, like the burner gun that I've been talking about, uh, it's on my website Hannity.com. Um, I, I just purchased. I'm a purchaser. I'm a I'm a consumer. I bought and purchased this product because I saw it and I liked it, and I think it's a good alternative. And I think it, it's something that maybe even police officers can use rather than deadly force but as ways to protect themselves in situations because those stupid stun guns, I don't think they work at all. You got to be like three feet, four feet, five feet away. And then the wires come flying out. You only got one shot at it. So uh, I I think looking for non-lethal alternatives so you're not just stuck with either deadly force or nothing uh, might be something that people can consider. Do I want people to use non-lethal force? No, unless their life is in jeopardy. Unless they've got to defend themselves. You know, one of the things that I learned as a martial artist, a student of the arts, is that I'm trying to de-escalate everything. I have the ability to defend myself. I'll walk away. You can curse me out. I'll walk away. You know, if you get in my grill and I step backwards again and again and again, and now you're you're now an imminent threat, I, I have the ability to defend myself, but I don't want that situation to ever occur. Nobody does. Um, Democratic leadership they don't know what to do. You know, Biden now broad brush saying federal aid to police. You know, I I mean, I I don't know where these comments are coming from. It's um, it's Los Angeles. You have a Democrat wants to pull all funding from the LAPD. According to the mayor, they want to take away one hundred and fifty million dollars. It's, uh, you know, now the American people that want law and order that understand that. You know, if you want to get rid of bad cops, weed out the bad cops. Apparently, this one particular cop involved in this incident, Amy Klobuchar had a chance to deal with him and didn't do anything. I think there were what ten separate, ten other issues leading up to this. Linda, was it ten? Yeah. Okay. Why didn't they do something about that?
2: It's funny too because there's been a lot of conversation about that about whether it was ten, seventeen, nineteen. But the bottom line is, if there's if there's more than one, if you mess up once or twice, okay, you know. But when you have that many, there's a problem. It's we need to look into this. It needs to be addressed.
0: Uh, Yeah. Like after the first offense. And that Correct. determination has to be made. Listen, there are some people. We've all known people in our lives that are lose cannons. You need a certain patient temperament to be in a position of power like this. You just do. And anyway, uh, what, what does that mean? That means that if you don't have the right temperament for the job, like for example, you can't be an emergency room nurse or doctor. If you crack under pressure, you, you, you can't be a, a fireman. If you're afraid of a ladder, you, you can't be a cop. If you got a temper issue in your life, you need people that stay cool, calm, collected under pressure. They have once. And again, we go back to the very first days of this, what Dan Bongino said, once somebody's handcuffed, it's over. Whatever happened up to that point, to get in that position, it's over. You now have total control. Now, maybe it's going to take longer to get somebody in a police car. And, you know, maybe, you know, there are so many, uh, you know, uh, Japanese jujitsu, part of what we learn, or Brazilian jujitsu. You know, I'm telling you, just a few manipulations of your di- digits, your fingers, or your wrist. And I'm telling you, you're going to get people to comply. But they're not given that training. And I'll go over that with Sensei Glennon a little bit. Well, the cancel culture, I'm not even getting into that today. But, I mean, that's now pretty much all over the, the place. Let's cancel this. Let's cancel that. Um, I think that I believe people are smart enough to be able to make decisions on their own and determine what is acceptable for them to watch and not watch. You know, the great beauty of all these options on television is I can't make you watch my TV show. I have to do a good show for you to watch my tv show or listen to this radio show and we work hard at it every day news information opinion uh presented in as entertaining a way as we can uh news you won't get from the mob that's pretty much what the, the niche we've had we have here on radio and tv and uh and we end up being right they always end up being wrong sad i mean we have an information crisis it's hurting the country. But I think that, um, you know, people can decide if they want to watch a show, not watch a show. They can listen to a show, not listen to a show. You have more options than ever before. You got DVR, you've got Hulu, you've got Netflix, you got Apple TV, you got, you know, HBO, Showtime, all the the networks. Let people decide for themselves what they want to watch. I don't think that we need government getting in the way every single time telling us what we can watch, what we can't watch. And, you know, well, I don't like this show, let's cancel this, let's cancel that, let's cancel that. How about we let the people decide? I think people are wise and smart and, you know, let them make the decisions for themselves and live in a free country.
1: People say all the time, oh, we gotta get the vice president out of the basement. He's fine in the basement. <laughs> two people see him a day, his two body people, that's it. That. And let Trump keep doing what Trump's doing. It's hard for the vice president to break through. You've got the COVID crisis, He's not a governor, doesn't have a National Guard, he's not the president, doesn't have the briefing room. He needs to come out strategically and when he says something like he did on race relations two days ago, it needs to have a big impact, thoughtful, and that's what we're preferring that he actually do at the time. He's doing a lot of local, he's talking to two, three governors a day, he's doing round tables, Zoom calls, he's doing with local officials, and a lot of it's being done in those six battleground states that we have uh, going forward.
3: If you agree with me, Go to Joe 30330. I'm here to ask you for your help. Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate look me over if you like what you see, help out if not, vote for the other by give me a look though, okay? We choose truth over facts. Play the radio, make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman. We have to just change the culture, period. And keep punching at it, and punching at it, and punching at it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. But if Donald Trump. Donald Trump is (laughs) reelected Freudian slip Donald Trump does pose an excellent strength to this the it's not hypothetical we hold these truths to be self-evident all men and women created by go you know the. you know the thing my son the one who my deceased son was the attorney general of the United States and before that he was a federal prosecutor in one of the largest offices in the country the in, in Philadelphia look Tomorrow's Superstar Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? I just spoke at, a, at Dartmouth on health care. At the medical school, or not? I guess I wasn't actually on the campus, but the people from the medical school were at the. I, I want to be clear: I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure whether it was a medical school or where the hell I spoke, but it was on the campus. And folks, you know, all those Democrats who won uh, against incumbents, uh, from Jimmy Carter to a guy named Clinton, to a guy named Obama, my good friend. Guess what? They had overwhelming African American support. Although I admit uh sully and his wife at an event in los angeles back in the in the spring late fall early i mean late spring late winter early fall early anyway you know what i mean skipping and support our campaign text joe two three excuse me i got to get this right joe two three oh three
1: three oh
3: i was a democratic caucus you ever been to a caucus no you haven't you're a line dog face pony soldier you said you were, but you're, you're so folks you want to nominate a democrat a lifelong democrat yeah, yeah. a proud democrat yeah. an a biden bomber democrat yeah. because we cannot get re-elect we cannot win this re-election excuse me we can only re-elect donald trump <laughs> we can do that we did that we've been through this before with the coronavirus. We've been through this before, I mean, excuse me, we've been through this before with uh, dealing with the viruses that the N1H15, as well as what happened in Africa. Um, you know, there's a, uh, during World War II, uh, you know, where Roosevelt came up with a thing uh, that, uh, you know, was totally different than a... Then the, the it's called, he called it the, you know, the World War II, he had the war, the, the war production board. Because well, it's yeah, not it's just me, mom. Joe, I'm sure you're doing, everybody's doing the same yeah. thing. Everybody's doing we, the we, same we, thing. And and we they're, really they're, are. And we gotta, it's just, yeah. but you gotta, I mean, the, the, we gotta reassure, look, here, my, my message to everybody I talk to is, we're gonna get through this. To this moment, president's ratings have always gone up in a crisis. And but, you know, that little expression, the proof of the, you know, it's going to be in the eating the pudding. You know, what's it going to look like?
0: All right. All things simple, man. Bill O'Reilly dot com. That was Terry McAuliffe uh, actually saying, uh, yeah, no, I, I really like it that uh, Biden we need we prefer him to stay in his basement and hide. Um, that's a great strategy uh, for a presidential candidate, I guess. But anyway, that's what he's saying. Uh, BillOReilly.com, all things Bill O'Reilly. We're 146 days away from an election. You wouldn't know it because we go from one crisis to the next crisis to the next crisis. But I don't know, I don't know if there are a lot of simple answers at this moment in history, Mr. O'Reilly.
4: Um, I think there's a bigger picture that people can understand. I wrote a column called um, If There's a Will about uh, what will happen if joe biden's elected president and you know me for a long time i'm not a party guy i mean i'm a registered independent and i you know i'm not promoting one party over another because i think both parties are flawed
0: but but by the way i actually agree with you i'm not a republican no you're i'm a, re- I'm a registered too, right? conservative i yeah and you know why because republicans are weak well, they I don't really think are.
4: they're going to let you vote, Hannity, though. I don't, you know, I think there, there's a movement underway by uh, Governor Cuomo to surround your house. And yeah, let like, you out. yeah,
0: by the way, like, uh, my vote in New York is really going to take, uh, take the election far. It's really going to be impactful, you know, Bill. The
4: problem is that we have one-party states in New York and California. But anyway, look, uh, if you read my column on BillOReilly.com, I, I lay it out in a very methodical, dare I say simple fashion, that this is absolutely what's going to happen if Joe Biden is elected. Because, yes, the Democrats know that he can't undergo the rigors of the campaign trail. So you're not going to see a lot of them out there. He'll do some cream puff interviews. Um, he'll do some tweeting, Zooming, whatever that is he'll do. But you're not going to see him run around the diner. Hey, can and I, I can't retail.
0: let that go. You don't know what a Zoom call is, Bill? please.
4: I have no idea what Zoom is. No idea. I thought it was running fast. Hey, that guy's Zooming. Um, I I don't know what any of that is.
0: I believe you, by the way. All right, keep going. All right, it's too
4: complicated for a simple man to figure out what Zoom is. So anyway, look, um, you know, you have uh, a president uh, who is, as you put it, hurtling from one crisis to another. Uh, whatever he does is going to be demonized, so he could be good, he could be bad. We'll never know it. News media will never report it accurately. Whatever he does is going to be horrible. Um, I didn't like the tweet on the Buffalo guy. I thought that was a mistake. Uh, I think Mr. Trump has to clear his head a little bit and say, look, not about me. They're going to try to make it about me, the media, but it isn't. It's about the country.
0: Let me, think, uh, let me ask you this. Let me, let me go back to the, the election here for a second. Because this is a choice election. Now, we always say there's never been a bigger choice, never been a bigger choice. Okay, there really hasn't in this case. In this case, it's true, because you've got radical extreme socialists that want to eliminate oil and gas, the lifeblood of the world's economy. They are promising things that can never come true. Every socialist experiment, I have a whole history of the failure of socialism in my book that's coming out in August, early August, August the 4th, Live Free or Die. And when you look at it, it is it mirrors exactly the rhetoric, the promises straight on down the line that never, never, ever were fulfilled. And then it ends in oftentimes poverty for sure, suffering guaranteed, and even worse than that in other situations, it can end in death of innocent people. So that is in play here versus free market capitalism and a, a a military, believing in a military that can, that can beat back evil forces around the world rather than an impeachment philosophy, um, it's every single thing is right down the middle, Bill. And if we lose, we'll, we will, the country will become unrecognizable if they're successful.
4: See, I think you're being too
0: nice, Hannity. I think you're being too nice. Well, that's the first I've ever been accused of being too nice. Okay, I'll I'll play. Go ahead. I'm
4: sitting here, and I'm going, look, socialism has never worked. Nobody can point to a country that has a socialistic government that's been successful. Sweden and the Netherlands are not socialists. Okay. But what's happening here in America on June 10th, 2020, is Stalinism. Do you realize that Paramount just took the show cops off the air? Do you realize that the student government at Michigan State University just endorsed looting? Do you realize that an economics professor at the University of Chicago is now maybe fired for saying looting is wrong? This all happened in the past 48 hours. I leave my show on BillOReilly.com with it tonight. We're in Stalinism here. We're way beyond socialism. We're in a zone where if you disagree with the far-left loons, if you disagree with them, they are coming to destroy you.
0: Phil, this better is not, not th- say for, anything Bill, in public. This is not a new phenomenon, no, the, the cancel culture. No, but
4: it's enabled by the media. Well, is it, enabling it. That's the new wrinkle.
0: They, but, but look, they've always enabled it to an extent, but it was it was a marginalized philosophy. It was yes. it was the outskirts, but what you're saying is this is now taking over. Uh, the more mainstream than it's ever been. But, ever you know, been. one of the one of the scarier things that if you look at these polls of young people, that their support for radical socialism is quite high, alarmingly high. In other words, they could actually at some point achieve a victory buying into the false promises of all of these things, and then all of the predict- predictable failure that would follow. Uh, a big part of it is groupthink, um cancel culture, uh, attack anybody that doesn't agree with you. Uh, I mean, we've lived this reality for decades, but now it's, it's far more acute than it's ever been.
4: I don't fear that because I went through the Vietnam era and I saw the radical SDS and all of these mm-hmm. people, uh, and they, most of them changed as they got older, and they wised up a little bit. But I don't think the media is ever coming back.
0: I don't see how the, the, what's the path back? How how do you go from uh, being, yeah. When you
4: have television networks like CNN enabling the overthrow of this system, applauding when people get out and say, defund the police, when you have corporations like AT&T, which owns CNN, applauding this, encouraging this, that's way way beyond any dopey kid running around saying power to the people and that's where we are in america and what bothers me people, is the people it, have to vote not on trump on their country that's the vote coming up in november
0: what's frustrating to me is that we have we always say the states you know we have 50 separate experiments where states uh, have the freedom to experiment with new ideas, et cetera, et cetera. But if you look at the states in particular that that are blue states, run by blue state governors for decades, uh, mayors in big cities—Chicago, an example; New York, an example; uh, Los Angeles, an example; San Francisco, an example. What do we see? Decades of liberal rule and we see more violence we see the worst public schools baltimore bill o'reilly they spend the third highest per capita spending in america for students in high school can you believe there are 13 public high schools in the city of baltimore and not a single child in any of those 13 schools are proficient in math and and here's the problem now they want to institutionalize this nationally now, I think this is such that it's almost like there are irreconcilable differences and philosophy that have emerged in this country. And then you add to that, well, they want to add more judges, and then you add to that uh, on the Supreme Court, they want to stack the court. Then they want, you know, pure democracy, and they, they're not going to have the Electoral College. All right, I got. I got, I got let me get, let you answer that on the other side, um, BillOReilly.com, all things O'Reilly. All right, as we uh, finish with BillO'Reilly dot uh, uh, is with us. All things simple, man. Bill O'Reilly. All right, I got a question for you. this. Is more random. So, what does Bill O'Reilly, simple man, like do on a weekend? You don't like to fish. You don't play golf. You. What do you do? What do you do for? What does Bill O'Reilly do for fun? Okay,
4: so I'm, I'm an outdoors guy. I Like the water fishing, I like. I'm not, I'm not. You know, uh, Huck Finn. But I like it. Uh, so I'll go out and I'll fish. Um, I also play softball. You didn't okay. know this, but I'm I'm one of the best pitchers that you've ever seen, particularly for my age. I'm an amazing physical. Are you in a Are you mouth. in a softball league? I'm on a team on Eastern Long Island, uh, run by a construction company. Would they let me play on your team? Guys.
0: If can what? I play a couple of games on your team? You could, but you're going to frighten people. You're going to frighten people. I tell you, I'm a great athlete. You want me on your team. I'm going to hit home runs, and I'm going to be the best center fielder you got out there. I saw the kung fu stuff you do. You're an amazing guy. All right. BillOReilly.com. Thank you, simple man. You're not simple, Bill. Uh, We always (laughs) appreciate having you. Uh, We'll take a quick break. When we come back, speaking of my martial arts, my sensei, Sensei Glenn, is up next. I going to talk about exactly—he'll do it a lot better than I can, explaining the conversations we've been having— about police and training and the danger of the of one's neck and what cops need to learn and don't know about more of that and uh, much more straight ahead all right 25 to the top of the hour 800-941 sean you want to be a part of the program if uh you heard me talking a lot recently about my my love of as a student of martial arts i've talked a lot about my sensei we call him sensei glenn and so what what I've been learning now for seven years and I train four or five days a week, hour, hour and a half a day. And it's, uh, it's something that's become a real passion. It's also the way I work out, learn a lot about self-defense. We do a lot of situational, uh, practices. Um, for example, four years ago, we had the great Chuck Liddell, Iceman L- Liddell. He came down to our dojo and, you know, we trained with him a day that's, but that's a long time ago. Um, it's a blend of eclectic blend of arts, Krav Maga, Kempo, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, situational street fighting, it sticks, blades, firearm defense. Uh, anyway, Sensei Glenn, uh, glad you're with us. North Shore yeah, Martial sure. Arts is the name of the dojo, and the answer is he doesn't have any room if you're looking to uh, have him as your, your sensei. Uh, how are you, sir? Hello, I'm
2: great, thank you.
0: By the way, now, when, since the first day we train, every day we, ta- we respect each other in the arts. We, we show respect. We literally put a fist in our other hand. We bow in. We bow out. If we're doing yep. weapons work of any kind, we, we turn our weapons down uh, to let our training partners know that, okay, we got to watch each other here. We don't want, we're not here to kill each other. Um, Correct. Long before George Floyd, we have talked a lot about how law enforcement is not trained properly, and yeah. as this has gone on, we have talked about this particular case. You agree with That's me, true. first off, that I can't even, I cannot understand from the life of me. The neck is the most vulnerable part of the human anatomy. Correct?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay, and if for somebody to put a knee on somebody's neck, like we all watched for seven minutes fifty-five seconds, but it went on longer. Is a death sentence. It would always be a death sentence every time, pushing the face into the pavement like that.
2: Yes. Look, you know, I've been training with you for over seven years. I've been teaching law enforcement for over 20 some odd years. And
0: uh, by the no way, you've done everything. this 37 years, right?
2: Yes. I've been training. And by the way, he
0: graduates years. law school and then he became, opens up his dojo. It's his passion.
2: <laughs> it is my passion. You know, I'm lucky that I found something I truly love. I love teaching and I love sharing with people, such as yourself great friends with you and and i really enjoy sharing it so in any event long story short i have been training law enforcement for over two decades and they take it upon themselves past the academy to go and that's where me and you have been discussing that, is that their training it's it's not necessarily they get, they're getting trained wrong is that they just don't get enough of it and that's a problem that's problem number one uh number two is if they, were, if they had more training, and we, me and you discuss the neck all the time, and everything should be to a degree. So you, know, you have blood chokes and air chokes, and you can use the ground to choke. You can use someone's T-shirt and choke them. You can pass them out, and if you hold that blood too long, like when you pass someone out with a blood choke, if you do hold it too long, this is what happened to Mr. Floyd. And unfortunately, he did that, and he stayed on it. And obviously, because me and you, we put each other out, um, I do with the rest of my students. I, See,
0: I, my doctor's yeah, going to hear that you put me out, which is true. <laughs> and then I'm going to get yelled at again. Why do you do that to me? Why are you making my well, life I, a living hell? I know
2: your doctor. I know your doctor because he, he, he trains as well and he he does. It.
0: And he's, by the way, yes. the only black belt in, in your dojo. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yes. Your car, it, ta- yes, it, your it takes 14 years to become a black belt, it seems. Uh, but but, we, but let, let's go over this quickly. For example. Yes. Self-defense measures here we're talking about. We're not talking about aggressive action. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to back off and I'm going to step backwards and I'm going to try and avoid any type of confrontation, if at all possible. But yes. if if it is, if it is imminent danger, then we have, for example, specific targeted strikes for self-defense, right? Correct.
2: You know, I'll elaborate a little on that. So I try to train everyone specific for what their needs are. So for you... Uh, more of a self-defense, but you're not getting into the ring You're not getting into the octagon and you're not in law enforcement. So for you, who is a, who is a nationally known person, internationally known person, uh, we want to make sure that you're safe and you can handle yourself and you'd be safe. You're not looking to start anything, but you can protect yourself. So everything is to a degree. So if I teach you something that how to choke somebody out, it's because I feel at that point, that's your last alternative and you have to do it. Or if you have to strike someone on the side of the neck, just to, to buckle them a little bit to stun them. Cause when you stun the blood flow on the side, you'll see their knees buckle a little bit and you can follow up or leave de-escalate. So the point is there is no one touch, one death kill, anything like that. But when you start learning a little bit about the anatomy, it helps. It helps a lot. And if I can increase your odds, of winning that encounter or surviving that encounter with some knowledge of the anatomy then we did our job
0: okay i would say that as as a student and by the way i train more than any other student right in your dojo yes yeah by far okay so I, I but even still i just describe myself as a student i could i i could do this 30 more years and i'm still going to be a student um but the reality but you are is getting
2: good my friend you are getting good <laughs>
0: Well, and it's also been something that keeps me in shape. It keeps me engaged. It is. Let's take the very specific case. We see George Floyd on the ground, knee on the neck, handcuffed, eight minutes. Now, let's let's start at what point things went wrong there and what should okay. have happened. What would you train okay. officers if, if, if you, they came in? They said, all right, what, what was done wrong yep. here? How would we handle this? What would you tell them?
2: Yes. I have been teaching this for over two decades. I currently train and have trained many law enforcement. So basically, if someone is not cuffed and you need, and you need to get uh, that person under control, they're not cuffed, obviously your fiduciary respons- responsibility at this point is a little different than if they're cuffed. So you need to get them cuffed for the safety of yourself and the public. So obviously then it goes to uh, a degree of what you can and cannot do uh to get them into cuffs so we don't want to discuss that at this point because mr blow was already cuffed so now he's already cuffed so at this point he's not really fighting back he's he's not kneeing you kicking you headbutting you spitting spitting at you all right so he's cuffed and you have uh four officers there so at this point he is just Trying to like resist, he didn't want to get into the car, he got heavy and he fell to the ground. So it's like picking up a kid who doesn't want to, like, you can pick up a 70-pound 70, 70 uh, child who doesn't want to get lifted. You'll be sh- shocked how shocked how heavy they can get. So, in any event, Mr. Floyd is down at this point. He's cupped, he's really not a threat. We all know that he is not a threat at this point, and by the way my general feeling on law enforcement is just like you. They're all my friends. 99.9% of them are great men and women who want to serve their community and help. There's no doubt in my mind, and I'm not just saying that. So now with that being said in this example is when he was cuffed at this point, we know. We saw what Chauvin did and the rest of them. You know, So now Chauvin is putting his, his knee on his carotid artery on one side the other side he's on the ground the ground is like is like if i was doing a triangle choke, where i'm using both my legs uh or an arm to lock up that person that that ground is actually choking or putting pressure on the other side of the neck and now chauvin's knee is doing the other side with his the other arm law enforcement putting their knee on his uh, spine so he's getting compressed his diaphragm he can't breathe he's yelling he can't breathe and we know from training in it all day long. I can just strike you there and you can feel it. So if I put you on the ground and I put my knee in there and I kept pressing it, you're going to see the guy start to fade out. I've done it. I know it. When we grapple live, you see it happening. So he, that was the mistake right there. He was cuffed. He was under control. If you had to sit with him for five minutes on the ground, de-escalate, have a conversation, whatever you got to do at that point, he wasn't a threat. And eventually things would calm down and then you could have taken take care of the way it should have been taken care of. So in my opinion, that's where we need to help. So what we happens at a
0: targeted strike? For example, if I took the, the back of my hand and I were to do a, a targeted strike that would include uh, one side of a carotid, of there's two right. in, in the neck and maybe yeah. a part of the jaw, uh, aren't the odds pretty good that uh, even though it's a half a second interruption in blood flow, that that person would go to their knees and buckle?
2: Yes, there's there's no doubt. When, when you can, you just take That's your a thumb. half a second. Yes. You can, any of your listeners, you see, you just take your thumb and go hard to one side of your neck without pressure to the other. So if you pop that um, and you just hit the blood, figure out about the ulcer of the jaw. That's an added bonus as far as, you know, as far as knockout. But in any event, you just hit that side, one side of the neck where the blood goes to the brain. You see, I've had it done to me and have done it many times. Your knees buckle. You, get, you just go straight down. When you get hit in the jaw, sometimes you go backwards. Here you hit in the neck, you go down. And I want to reiterate, there's no guarantee that if you do this to someone or vice versa, it's going to get the same uh, outcome every so, time. That so if, say I'm in a mindset. situation
0: and somebody starts to shove me, and let's say I did an arm drag into a rear naked choke and, and I locked it in. Yeah, How sure. fast could I, would somebody, if I had it locked in, and you know what I mean. It wouldn't even take 100% yeah. pressure. How long would it be till that person passed out? By the way, the
2: first thing that I'm going to say, that was a great description. I'm dragging to a rear naked choke from a shove, which is exactly the drills we work on. So they're sitting in. Uh, number two, and once you get a rear naked choke in, if someone is fighting back, it does not want to be choked. Within 15 seconds, once it gets deep and he's fighting out of it, within 15 seconds, he starts to pass out. However, if you and we'll see
0: in an wrong. octagon, by the way, if that's locked in and and the person it that can be even quicker. Yeah. They'll, it's, it's, they'll, so you know, and and a lot of guys will just get passed out. You see it in the octagon or others will just Absolutely. tap out because they know it's coming any second.
2: That's correct. And you will see the reps. If you watch in the UFC, you know, people get to see when when someone's getting choked out and you start to see their eyes roll. the ref comes over. Immediately, immediately in it's and over. pushes him off. There's a reason you can't keep the blood you know, frozen from the brain that long. That's what's going to happen. Exactly yeah. what happened with Mr. Floyd and Chauvin. There's, or a triangle choke.
0: Um, yeah, I, I mean, these are the things that, again, you know, unless your life is in imminent danger, you don't go here, correct? Or correct. somebody's assaulting Absolutely. you, or if you need to quickly uh, uh, extricate yourself from danger. You know, these yeah. are tactics, techniques. Then, then it's a, a matter of okay, how far are you going to engage in that situation? Uh, once the threat is non-existent, what you teach me is get out right. of that situation, extricate yourself, and remove yourself as soon as possible. You don't want to stay around there.
2: Yes, like I always try to say, and one of my instructors from 38 years ago, and it hit home. Always have an objective, and everyone's obje- and the outcome of this altercation. Sorry, so everyone's objective because I train law enforcement, I train security, I do security, bouncers, things like that. You you usually, usually, if there's some
0: guy that looks really mean behind me, it's him. It's you. <laughs> I
2: don't know what that means, but we could, you know, whatever. So, uh, the bottom line is, you need to have an objective, right? You know, and yep. pers- specifically, if you're a professional at the job.
0: All right, got to take a quick break. Uh, my sensei, Glenn uh, Sensei Glenn, will uh, continue on the other side, North Shore Martial Arts and Hannity tonight at nine. All right, as we continue, my personal uh, martial arts trainer, my sensei, Sensei Glenn, North Shore Martial Arts, uh, been doing this now for seven years with him joins us let me go to this question somebody's somebody's handcuffed they're on the ground like mr floyd was let's talk about some some of the things you have taught me over the years as it relates to brazilian jiu-jitsu for example okay uh, things that i can do with a person's fingers we call them digits or or wrist locks or a kartagashki lock all of these things will result in instant submission and they're simple to learn i mean you got to practice them. you got to keep updating yeah. your skills, but these are not very complicated moves. We work on a lot of these, and we work yeah. on them in combinations. It gets complicated, but just yeah. simple things that can be taught. You did it this yeah, morning. we did a lot did of it this morning.
2: That. Yes, yes. So I, I will say one thing I'll correct. It's, uh, that's Japanese, the, the art that we're working on with the small joints, the fingers, the wrists, Tempo. the elbows, things like that, so that, that, that is Japanese jujitsu Brazilian mm-hmm. Jiu-Jitsu took Japanese jujitsu all that, and put it to the ground. So when we're standing up, we refer to that from the Japanese arts of Japanese jujitsu It was also from the Chinese art Law enforcement learns come-alongs, uh, goosenecks, things like that. But between fingers and goosenecks, yes, there's compliance there that you can do. So if someone particularly is cuffed, and you need to do a small joint manipulation just to kind of keep him in line and to follow so you can safely, for him, for you, and the public, do your job. That is something that should be added. And if they are not cuffed at that point, but you have them basically under control, these things work. I've done them. Um, They work great. There's no guarantee, but they work. And a little training like that, I believe, will help
0: a lot. So how much? what would it take for every police department to hire somebody like you and there really aren't many people like you to be honest but people that could help in the training so that everybody number one knows about the danger involving chokeholds etc etc and yet other techniques that would result in in taking control of a situation but not killing somebody
2: right you know from all the from my years of, of training with law enforcement is their academy covers their basic moves with it and they go everyone that I've trained over the course of the two decades of training them but doing the arts for 37 years since 1984 um, is that they go outside and they go go to guys like me so maybe that should be you know I it's just my opinion maybe Law enforcement that should be part of the package that everyone is working on now. A little bit more training on hands on because with skill, hopefully, this will get minimized.
0: Sensei Glenn, thank you, North Shore Martial thanks. Arts. Um, and thank thanks for sir. all you've done for me, sir. Oos, uh, the pleasure. You're great. Oos, I'll see you tomorrow. Right. Have a great 800 941 Sean toll free number. Uh, the pastor, lead pastor of Resurrection Houston, uh, past pastor PT. In Guolo is going to join us in the next hour as George Floyd's pastor. Quick break, right back, we'll continue.
2: Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload.
5: I think if we want real reform, like real reform that can change communities, it starts with law enforcement and partnering with them, um, not demonizing. We can't let uh, some, some bad apples uh, uh, represent uh, something that's a core of any community.
0: All right, news roundup, information, Overload Hour, Sean Hannity show. We'll get to your calls coming up uh, this hour. That was Jerome uh, Smith discussing law enforcement reforms. He works for the president. Uh, he, along with Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, Jared Kushner, uh, they had conversations yesterday, uh, specifically with Senator Tim Scott and some um, some other prominent senators uh, about what reforms might come. Uh, joining us now is the pastor, Pastor Patrick P. T. Ingolo. He's the lead pastor of uh, the Resurrection Houston Church, which was George Floyd's church. Um, and obviously, they they had the service and burial for George Floyd yesterday. Uh, apparently, he was also very good friends with jo- George Floyd. Uh, first of all, Pastor, um, all our thoughts and prayers are with you and his family and all of his many friends and um, um, this should not happen in this country, and, and I'm going to get into some of the details in a second, uh, but it certainly has shocked the conscience of a country, I'll say that. Well, thank you for having me. You, you, you were very close friends with him. Now, you, you get all these different reports. I'd rather ask the people that knew him than I don't trust the media, to be very honest, even though I work in the media. Um, you were his friend. You read this story. He had lost his job because of coronavirus, went to Minneapolis in search of a new life, Uh, Tell us about him and where he was and how close you were to him in his life.
5: So I I met George uh, while I was trying to plant the church, Resurrection Houston, in the Third Ward area. It is literally um, uh, moments away from where he grew up, the CUNY Homes Project. And I was trying to break into that place. Uh, I'm not from there. And so the Bible calls the people who help you break into a neighborhood, he calls them persons of peace, men of peace, sons of peace, whatever you want to use. And so, man, he literally uh, basically told us, man, if it's God's business, it's my business. And he opened up the neighborhood for us to be able to do work there. People trusted us because they knew him, because we knew him. Uh, He's loved. He's admired. He was respected. He had been through the wars and had seen things, and he was able to uh, mentor people who were there, but then also, I mean, for me personally, uh, provided a pathway for me to do ministry in the CUNY Homes Project. So he was a great instrumental figure in the things that myself and others were doing in that neighborhood, and man, his journey uh, on redemption was amazing, the fact that he was able to get to Minnesota and do the work that he was trying to do as far as uh, get his commercial driver's license. And, man, it just seemed like he was cut off in the middle of his prime.
0: Uh, I I just had my martial arts instructor. I've I've been a student of arts now and training four or five days a week for seven years. And one of the things we were talking about is um, unless your life is in jeopardy, the most vulnerable part of a person's body is the neck. And for over eight minutes, you know, you see George Floyd's face being pounded into the pavement. And the, the autopsy bore this out by Dr. Baden. you know, with the facial abrasions that he had. That's how hard his face was in, in, in the pavement. And he, there's nobody can live through that. That is a predictable, that, that is a death sentence. If, that's, if that type of force is used, it's a death sentence. And we spent a lot of the time talking about that. Um, as you've t- now spent a lot of time with the family and friends and, you know, what are some of the reforms you would like to see, um, in terms of, uh, how there is interaction between police forces and people in communities? Um, I, there has been a, a diversity, a diversification of many of the po- large city police force where you have a majority minority officers. Uh, that's taken a long period of time to happen, but it has happened what would you like to see?
5: Well, Sean, I mean, in your business, uh, you've got the uh, FCC as accountability, right? You've got every year they promulgate some rules and, you know, I'm sure most of us don't read them. You probably don't read
0: them. But uh, I usually I'm accused of being a rule breaker, Pastor. I'm (laughs) I'm one of those that have sinned and fallen short, guys. (laughs) No, I got you. But uh,
5: You know, and uh, in my I moonlight as an attorney, they've got a state bar uh, for the police officers. One of the things that even in my city, the Citizens Review Board accountability with real subpoena power is something that has been illusory, even in, in, in my city. And I think, man, just real accountability, accountability from people who are not politicians would go a long way to because these things. Well, things like this should never happen. But when these things happen, there should be the ability for people to hold the police officers who are taxed, uh, who are being paid by our tax dollars. They should be able to we should be able to hold them accountable.
0: Well, they're being held accountable in this case. One of the things I think is good for the for communities and I think is good for officers themselves is body camps. That's something that you can do easily we you know both on themselves and also in their cars so we we have a frame of reference i mean this would be a very different court case if we didn't have the seven minutes 55 seconds on tape and it and it went on even longer than that um and i think there are i think certainly training is is a part of the equation um We have a a Citizens Review Board in New New York City, and I've not really seen a lot of good come out of it over the years. And unfortunately, like everything in politics, it becomes politicized. Um, And you have people with agendas everywhere. It's sad, actually. Um, But I think that, you know, I I look at other more—I look at underlying problems. You know, every weekend, you know, we have all these people being shot and killed in Chicago, for example. And it's gone on for decades, Pastor, decades— and now, you know, nobody's ever tried to fix the problem. And I don't understand that. And then we have all of these big cities where we spend more per capita for, per child than any other industrialized nation on the earth. And, and we have in Baltimore, for example, they, the ha- third highest spending city per student in the country. And they have 13 public high schools, Pastor. And not a single child in those schools is proficient in math. I mean, how do we fail at that level and and then just keep reelecting the same people that don't fix it? I don't get it. So, Sean, you you may or may not
5: agree with me on this, but uh, institutional racism is is something that is alive and well. And I think it's at the very fabric and core of uh, most of our not, not all. I'm sure not all, but most of our institutions and i think there needs to be a reevaluation as to uh whether these institutions are working for
0: but uh, here's what i want to ask you most of the cities that i'm talking about where the violence is at record high levels and it's predictable and it happens every weekend and nobody ever deals with it i remember once on tv scrolling the names of all the people that were shot in chicago uh during uh barack obama and joe biden's term and, and they that the president vice president at the time barely mentioned it you know these are these are our cities and states that have been run for decades by Democrats they claim to to have a monopoly of compassion for uh minorities and they're not fixing the problem well, how do you not fix those problems to me I'm a fixer fix the problem so so Sean can we do both and
5: and not just either or can we look at uh crime in the cities and Uh, accountability from people who are in power who we entrust with our okay you uh, can do both but don't we first
0: have to stop the water from coming onto the boat we have to stop the violence defunding the police pastor is not going to stop violence
5: well well, i mean common sense reallocation if if that, Mm -hmm. uh you know every year you as a you're you're a, a business and you reallocate where you put your resources, whether it's going to be production or uh, marketing or advertising. It's the same thing with the uh, police. We, we should evaluate what we're using our money for. Like, for instance, you, you talked about body cams uh, as a moonlighting criminal defense attorney. I can't tell you how many times that those cameras have been off and I'm like,
0: well, wait, those cameras should be on. These are simple. Amen. Mandatory. The camera's and they ought to have a live view right let me ask so i was debating al sharpton one one year at his national action network headquarters really you know we packed a room we had thousands of people outside banging on the door let us in let us in and i started out and i said reverend let me ask you a question i said do you believe in god the father of all creation yes i believe that i said do you believe that jesus is the son of the living god and and took on the burden of Man sins to reconcile us to that one god yes and it's like well why do we disagree on everything else if we believe in the exact same creator hmm. no i get i get you uh you, well, you agree I mean, with me right you believe what we believe
5: yeah, i believe you're the, i believe it I and believe i bet you're better christian than me no 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 i'm definitely that uh, i believe christianity isn't is, is the narrative isn't perfectionist redemption so we've all got stories and we've all got past and and that's what makes us rich and unique in Christ, that He can take us from one place and bring us to another. And and I agree with you that we, we serve one triune God, but I also agree that that one triune God displays Himself not just in His unity, but in His diversity. He's one in three, so that there can be a diverse community of people with different ideas, but still Uh, working together to be one in their diversity, Uh, and so, you know, you you can look at the differences of opinions and say, well, shouldn't we be one? But then if you look at God and see that he's one in three, you can say, okay, we can be unified in our diversity.
0: Let me ask this then. Is this a correct observation, and if it's not, tell me I'm wrong. I don't, you know, I've noticed, I've lived in five different states, a lot of times you have christian churches let's stay with and i'm a believer in freedom of religion but christian churches in particular
5: let's go this is a great conversation
0: go okay ahead. I'm so so in a, in one area it's predominantly african-american in another area perhaps is predominantly white why don't we start in the churches and say okay well if that's the case in this neighborhood or that neighborhood why don't we like you know why don't we we'll come visit your church one week you come visit mine wouldn't that be helpful
5: Man, Dr. Uh, Michael Emerson writes on this. You should have him on. He, he talks about uh, the churches being divided by race. It's a great idea. If you, if you in our city, uh, the beginning of the church in our city in Houston, uh, it was one, the Methodists were the first to get here. They had First Methodist Church. In First Methodist Church, uh, they had the white worshipers were in the, in, the, in the front, the black worshipers or the slaves were in the back, Eventually, they split off into uh, two churches: the slave church, and then they had the first Methodist church. That church now uh, is is has is has, uh, called Antioch, I believe. And so, when you when you think about that, uh, we have typically been divided in white and black ever since uh, slavery, even before slavery. And so, w- w- you see the fault lines of of um, uh, tension, but division in the I middle of break. churches.
0: But couldn't we couldn't we start there? If you believe we, on the religious side, because you you agree with my observation, you, you, no, we even, definitely need to start there. I think if we start there, it would probably be a pretty good start, right?
5: No, we we definitely need to start
0: there, and you and then and then you build out from there, and then we add three more churches here, here, there, and everywhere, and then definitely. when we all get to know each other and we have this common denominator of, of faith. Hopefully that could unite the country. I'd like to see that.
5: What do you th- think it would take for uh, maybe white churches in particular to give up power and say, hey, let's, let's unify these churches?
0: Uh, listen, I, I, I would personally, now I'm going to admit something I shouldn't admit, Pastor, but I don't get to go to church that much because I'm so busy. Um, but uh, I, I would love that idea in a heartbeat. I think it's a great idea. We, we, we have a commonality here. And it's we not do. just a commonality, it's the commonality. True. It's, it's, it's our humanity coming together. Because how but, can we raise the conscience
5: of a nation if, if the church, who is the conscience of the nation, is divided?
0: The one thing that this case is not, it's not Republican-Democrat. It's not liberal-conservative. There's this, this universal agreement, except for maybe a few lunatics in their underwear, keyboard warrior psychos. Everybody <laughs> agrees the, the, this should never have trolls. happened everybody no. said everybody is shocked by this yes, and
5: this is a human issue
0: this Definitely. is and, the, and the, all right but i gotta look why don't i hold you over a few more minutes then we'll get to people's calls because I, I like this conversation pastor um and we do me one favor too please send my thoughts and prayers to george floyd's family and then the prayers from my audience to them that I, this can't happen so. again that this should never have happened and can never happen again ever
5: all right. I will do so, and I'll hang on.
0: I'm here. All right. Pastor uh, Patrick uh, Inglolo, he's the lead pastor of the Resurrection Houston Church. That was George Floyd's church. More on the other side and your call straight ahead. All right. 25 to the top of the hour, 800 941 Sean. You want to be a part of the uh, program. Uh, pastor uh, Patrick P.T. Inglolo is the lead pastor of Resurrection Houston. That was George Floyd's church. His burial was yesterday. The service was carried, I know, on Fox yesterday. Uh, Pastor, I didn't know you were a criminal defense attorney, I believe you said. And you've been watching what we've all been watching, and that is we've seen riots, we've seen arson, we've seen looting. Uh, We now, the total is 749 police officers have been injured. They've been hurling, not the peaceful protesters, those agitators. They've been throwing rocks, Molotov cocktails and bricks at the cops. Uh, we have over 20 dead now, including a number of police officers that have died. And I want to get your thoughts on that and also your thoughts on this this idea, defund the police.
5: OK, let, let, let's go with the first one. So, um, man, uh, Martin Luther King would say rioting is the language of the unheard. Now, while I empathize with the fact that people feel like they have not been heard, and not uh, have been taken advantage of i i would I, I probably while empathizing would would fall on the line of uh of uh, active nonviolence and would say hey w- if we keep going with active nonviolence as a, as a as a method of progress, I think that we would do the same or better than if we were to allow." Uh, our basic impulses to take over and to be violent. On the issue of uh, defund police, I think it's the naming that probably gets people, and and I think it probably was done uh, intentionally. But I think when you look underneath the surface, it's about let's analyze and look at what we are doing with our police resources. Oh, is a hundred million going to community uh, community policing? Is you know so the name is catchy and it gets your attention but i think it's more so about man what are we doing with our taxpayer
0: dollars well i mean the the reality is if you say defund that means you defund i mean you heard the the city council leader i mean they they now have a veto proof defund and when the mayor said he did not agree with that you know my next question is uh who are you gonna call now look i'm I'm trained in in the use of a firearm and have carried a firearm with me for the you know since uh, I'm I'm 20 years old uh, legally of course um, I'm trained in the use of a firearm since I'm 10 I've been doing seven hard years of martial arts mixed martial arts training um, I most people don't have that a lot of people are even afraid of guns period that's why I, I mentioned a non lethal alternative uh, that I have purchased uh, which is called burner R uh and a if it's on my website if you want to look at it and i I, I paid for my own but everyone says oh you're doing this for money no i'm not i'm just telling you we need not we need non-lethal alternatives but who are we going to call who will people call you know what about grandmas and grandpas what about our older moms and dads they don't have the ability to deal with criminals to break it into their house at midnight who are they going to call what are they going to do
5: no, I, I I I agree with your sentiment in that uh, I've lived in country. Well, I'm from a country that doesn't have a uh, doesn't have local police forces, and so what happens is people who have the resources are able to get private bodyguards or whatnot, and so and then also you're not able to enforce the rule of law. So here, I mean, I don't think that it is a practical reality to say no policing, I do think that we should be more thoughtful about how we use the resources to make sure that we have effective policing. Let me ask you this. Yes, sir. Okay, you want to
4: be the host. Pastor, you take over. (laughs) Okay, I just have a question, though. Should the same
5: person who patrols the streets for criminals, should they be the same people who are responsible for being the first on the scene when someone is uh, on an accident or getting the cat out of the tree uh, or uh, when someone has a mental illness, should they be the ones answering those calls or should we have mental health professionals doing that? Can, I mean,
0: I mean, if, 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 if it, let, let's take it. this scenario. Home invasions are real, right? Um, right. right. People break in and whatever, whatever it is, the bottom line is, Police, police work is extraordinarily dangerous. Every time they pull somebody over, they have no idea what's on the other side of that, that window. When that window opens, they don't know. Um, that's why I like, for example, the cameras. Uh, I don't see any alternative except better training, body cams. Uh, certainly the training on and understanding of what is acceptable and unacceptable force. I mean, George Floyd was in handcuffs, Pastor. He wasn't at that time resisting. you, was saying, I can't breathe. You know, okay, now it, let's say uh, somebody's in handcuffs and they're thrashing themselves and spitting in cops' faces. I mean, with with little effort, just simple restraints and martial arts moves, you can get, gain very quickly compliance. And that's what I spoke with my sensei on this program earlier today about. And so it's not that hard they don't know how to do it, Pastor, and they've not been trained properly. And it frustrates me because this think, did not have to think, happen.
5: No. What do you think was behind the actions
0: of that particular thing? I, 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 no, I have no earthly idea. My answer is, what the hell was this guy thinking? It is, I am you, telling you as a martial artist uh, student, it is a death sentence, Pastor. I just look at it. That's what it was.
5: What do you think the fellow officers
0: were doing not responding? It's inexplicable to me also. I don't I have no clue. I can't answer that question. What do you think? So if 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 the officer to me had multiple infractions. Yes. On his record. How did he how did he get a gun? In your opinion, how did he get it? Listen, in my opinion, I think we all need answers to all of that. You know, it it also took on a political taint to it because Amy Klobuchar dealt with this guy apparently in the past. I heard that one or two of the the cops there, too, were like on day four on the job, um, probably just clueless. And I can also tell you that we don't train officers well at all. You know, uh, one of the reasons I mentioned this burner, which is it's a it's a it's a gun but it shoots projectiles that have tear gas and pepper sprays in it. And when it hits, for example, somebody, you don't kill them, but you can hurt them and they become incapacitated because their eyes are, you know, they can't see and you get to escape. And if you made a mistake, at least the guy's not dead. And I'm not advocating people just start shooting these things. I'm saying only if your life's in danger here.
5: Well, well, do you think that, uh, well, because we've been, I've run into this issue where, a guy leaves a police force probably because he's got a mark goes to a smaller police force in a in a smaller area uh Mayberry if you, you know for lack of a better word and the record doesn't follow him the only time you know what he has in, in the pres- presiding jurisdiction is if you if you do some type of uh public information act so that you know with these police unions these guys could have histories a mile long, but just be passed on to different police departments, and nobody knows the wiser.
0: Well, listen, uh, I like the dialogue with you, Pastor. Um, I'm sorry that you lost uh, a congregant, a friend. Uh, my heart goes out to, to Mr. Floyd's family. This should never happen in America. Uh, like the rest of America, the, the, the conscience of a nation is shocked. And we, are, we can be so much better than this, just like we've got to stop violence in big cities. We've got to start educating, seriously fixing a corrupt educational system that has failed our children for decades. You know, the, the education, in my mind, that comes from the Latin derivative it might surprise you. I was a seminary student at Duca to bring forth from within. Well, that yeah, kind of that's, a good that's one. predicated on the belief that God put it there. Isn't it, Pastor?
5: That is true. There's
0: you know what? God put it. So school's job. We got to bring it out. That's it. Bring forth. It's already there. God put it there. And every child, every man, every man, woman and child on this earth, the same God. That's what I believe. And that's why it's so frustrating. You have a, a political divide. And I get upset as a conservative, when you know, every two, four years, conservatives and Republicans are racist and sexist and misogynist and they're xenophobic and homophobic and Islamophobic, and they want dirty air and dirty water, and they want grandma and grandpa to eat dog food and cat food before you, a Republican leader throws them over a cliff when they're in the wheelchair. Uh, well, I, I, that's, I don't want to be friends with any of those people that believe that, and I don't know conservatives that way. Here's
5: something that we, both of us would agree on. I don't, I, so, I don't believe that any president, Democratic or Republican, has dealt with the issue of institutional racism uh because I think that 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 issue while yes it could be divisive there there's an opportunity for a president, either this one or the next one or whatever, to deal with this issue head on and to initiate I, I think you should go see the president conversation of race
0: I think you should go be let me tell you um I was happy. We were seeing prior to coronavirus, what do we see? Record low unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment. Record after record after record. The answer is success, and success has to begin in church and with an education. Forget all this crap. How about we get the basics in first? Reading, writing, math. That's it. Remember... um, you ever watched the movie Lean on Me? I, I did. I interviewed the real Joe Clark. Okay. Um, How was that? He loved his students, loved them, and it was his passion. Threw out all the troublemakers, all the drug dealers, anybody involved in bad activity, and he said to the, the students there, we are going to succeed together. And he kicked everybody's you-know-what, and, and it worked, and he succeeded because he loved them. We so, could duplicate that, Pastor. You can lead that movement. I'll follow you. We could. I, I've got one other question. So, in I love the, how you start interviewing me on my own show. Go right ahead.
5: <laughs> okay. These school systems, uh, you know, where I live, I live in in the middle of Houston, Texas. Uh, because I have family of the, there, what, you know. Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to send well, them over to your church. Okay. Send them, please. In the in some of these because we work on the property tax system place like uh HISD depending on where the, the school is located is going to have less money than I don't know let's say Cinco Ranch which uh, Katie Cinco Ranch which you know the average person probably makes a hundred thousand or more uh, and so what do you think about the inequity of uh, uh, education I, I, I think based upon the money and resources
0: well anyway listen um I I enjoyed our conversation together, and uh, my men are. I enjoyed uh, it as well. This audience's we thoughts and prayers are with you and and George's family, and we can't have this happen again. And we've got to work towards a more perfect union. I think I think Jesus would like that, Pastor. But I'm, you're closer to him than I am. I'm just the guy <laughs> that says guilty, guilty, guilty. Um, we're
5: we're as close as uh, uh, beggars are to uh, where they can find bread. Yeah, that's
0: a good way to put it. I believe all that. You know, we've (laughs) got to, we can become, We, you know, we have made incredible strides in this country. We still have a long way to go, you know, but, but we have, this is the United States of America. We're capable of doing anything. I believe that. We are a city on a hill. There's never been a country in the history of mankind, Pastor, that has accumulated more power than this one. And as my friend Barry Farber would say, abused it less. And I add, there's never been a country in the history of mankind that has accumulated more power and used that power, not perfectly, no perfect countries, for the advancement of the human condition than the United States of America. You agree with that?
5: I, I definitely agree. And I think that uh, it has the opportunity, although we've, we've come, you know, there have been measurable strides. We, we've got some way to go, because I think as King's Dream of the Beloved Kingdom, I think we've got to learn to use that power in a loving fashion so that uh, those who may not have those those the poor, the immigrant, uh, the folks on the outside may have the opportunity to be a part of that community so that we can we can say that we have. And, you know, most people may not agree with me on this. We're trying to build the kingdom of God here on Earth.
0: Well, we got a long way to go.
5: His will be done.
0: Yeah. Amen. All right, Pastor, God bless you. Thank you so much for uh, being God on the program. God bless you, man. Our Thank prayers for uh, everybody. All right, sir. God bless you. Thank you. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Great Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. All right, Deep State News will get an update, and also the DOJ and how they are handling the issue of uh, the treatment of police now in the aftermath of the rioting, etc. cetera. Uh, their spokesperson, Pastor Daryl Scott, Sarah Sanders, Congressman Kevin McCarthy, uh, we have Matt Gates, we have Geraldo Solomon, Leo and Larry, and Lawrence Jones. 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox News. We'll see you tonight, say in DVR, back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.